We gotta shoot it apart. Hey guys, it's me. It's Tony Mitchell from Mitchell's Kiss of the Gypsy. You're listening to the one and only N.I. Rock Show. How f***ing cool's that? Your rock starts right here.
Welcome to Friday Night Rock Show on Rockwood and I. There's no new show such this week, so I'm away for a few days. So instead, put together a repeat of two recent interviews. The first was with Keith Latak, the second with Daniel Jolisic. Let the demons have 
Hi, Keith. Thanks for taking some time to chat to us at Rock Radio and I. That's great. Great to be there, Nigel. How are you? Good, fine, thank you. Uh, good to speak. Good. Your band, good. Tech, released an album called Nine Lives on the 24th of November. We've just played the first single from that album called My New Addiction, which was actually yes. back in April 2022. When yes. did you start working on the album, and what made you decide that now was the time you wanted to do that? Well, it, it actually um, it actually stemmed from like a lot of things creatively but um it stemmed from lockdown really i um i was determined i was determined not to vegetate then um and in a way it can't come be classed as a blessing in disguise obviously but it, it what it did was it gave me time to be able to focus on on my own creativity rather than be constantly on the road, which I was playing guitar yeah. for different bands and things like that. Uh, and so it gave me the opportunity to, to uh, at last, to be able to really crystallise some of my own writing, you know, and some to develop my own thing, which uh, I, it get that gave me the opportunity to do. So I, and given that time and that space, I, I, it, I really kind of focused in on. Uh, I, I didn't really know what was going to come out, but I just, it, I just, I was kind of inspired um, at that time to, to create the music at last that I really wanted to create. Great, no, it's a great album. You're joined in the band by vocalist Lee Small, bass player Chris Childs, drummer Bob yes. and keyboard player Nick Foley. I know you've yeah. worked with Chris in the past, but have you worked with the others before, or how did they get involved? No. No, I hadn't, and I mean, I, I don't know if uh, anyone else will agree with this, but what well, the great thing about if you if you do something for yourself and you do something in the right spirit of it, you things things happen, yeah. you know. Um, if you just think about things and and don't really get stuck into it, you know, it, it's an uphill battle. But the the momentum gathered because. Uh, th you know, things just started to happen, really. Um, obviously, like a lot of people, I did the original demos of things like Nine Lives and New Addiction. I did them pretty much uh, because I played keyboards and I played bass and I can program. I, and I, and I, I pretty much have a Pro Tools studio. So I, yeah. I did the initial recordings, complete, again, because I didn't have access to anyone. I, I did the initial recordings on my own, which turned out great anyway. But um, uh, and it was only because I released. I sort of even did a video in my flat for Nine Lives. I did a, I did the first song Nine Lives, and I released that onto the internet. And it, that really, I was really bowled over how, how well that was received. And uh, at least it gave people a kind of idea where I was coming from. So rather than try to kind of convince people to come and play in my band without them knowing what it was like. They already could go and refer to it. Yeah. Uh, Chris obviously was my first call uh, because he's a great friend of mine and he's a fantastic musician, a great bass player. And he's from an amazing band anyway, Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, I, there was no way I was, you know, I love Thunder. I love the guys in Thunder who were good pals. There's, there's no way it's a kind of conflict of interest for him because... You know, there's room for him to do both. And, yeah. You know, I've always said to him, you know, the thunder comes, you know, comes first for you with that. I, I, I'm, I'm under no illusion about that. But so, of course, 
he said, mate, I'll help you out. And I, because he's got, again, he's got a good setup at home. I sent him the track. He put the bass guitar on. I replaced what I'd done on it. Uh, and then he, and of course, then, you know, we hooked up and then he said, have you ever thought about other people using other people on, on these things? So, yeah, you know, so Chris, it, uh, Chris kind of was very helpful with me in finding Bob, finding Nick. I, I found Lee because there was a drummer friend of mine who'd always told me about Lee told me what a great singer he was and told me that, you know, he was, he was always up for doing different projects. So, uh, and, and I, I contacted Lee and, and he was only too happy to come in. I mean, I could sing a little bit, but absolutely nothing like Lee, you know? So yeah, it formulated from having, at least having done the groundwork with the recordings and the writing of the songs. Uh, I just, I had enough to send out to people to see if they'd be interested in coming on board. So I, and you know, I couldn't have really got a better group of people together. Bob's amazing, you know. He's got his track record with with the bands, including ATDC. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it it all came together through an initial through some initial hard work. I got lucky, you know, with them all. Very good. Um, in terms of writing and production, has all that mainly sat with yourself then? I think I saw Frederick Volker's name as as the doing a mixing on the album though. Uh, Friedrich Volker um, did the mixing in Sweden. That was yeah. a recommendation from Khalil Turk from the label. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I was a big. I've, I've, I've studied some of Friedrich's other stuff and uh, listened to some of his mixes he's done uh, for for some of the debuts and other albums. And yeah. you know, both Khalil and I got our heads together when we had my original mixes and he he wanted a kind of blueprint sound uh that he was that what he felt fit the label as well i, I don't mean in terms of song content but in terms of the way the the uh mix and yeah. the mastering was so uh but he said you know everything else was in place so he just said will you give friedrich a a, a chance on that and uh i I'd, I'd already got some mixes that were uh which I was happy with, um, and then Friedrich very kindly did some test mixes for me, and they turned out amazing. And you know, Khalil really liked them, and uh, so yeah. I mean, if it have, if it have not worked, then I would have I would have been honest. But it he really did bring a lot to the table with the mixes, and and he was so patient. You know, um, in the absence of being in the room together with him. Um, Obviously, I oversaw the production of the album when we were recording, and we used a great studio and a great engineer, a really good engineer. And uh, so, um, yes, Frederick was, he, he, he knew exactly what, what uh, he seemed to have that telepathy about where, where we needed it to go with the mixes, for sure. Um, the band name ATAC has, has been used before in the early 80s. Uh, you, you, yourself and your brother Tim, after they left child, uh, released an album under that name. Did you consider yes. using another name for the band, or was it always going to be that? Um, well, no, I had an open mind, but I just because it was very much driven by my songs and everything. And I just remember uh, it, it was on the premise of the fact that you know, you, you, I didn't want some kind of cliche rock metal band name to yeah. be honest. 
um, I, 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 I sort of get that. I can see that. But a lot of the younger bands have that kind of real, you know, that the, there's a kind of chemistry of names that they use. And I, I don't, you know, we're not really. I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm a, in a, in a, from a different era completely to that. So I'm from the era where if you had a surname, you know, you used it like Van Halen did or yeah, Bon Jovi yeah. did or Dawkins, for instance. Yeah. John Dawkins used his, you know. Uh, so I thought, and and also it stemmed from the fact that even in the early 80s, John Reed, Elton John's late manager, uh, he he was the one that actually said to my brother, like, you've got to use your surname. Because uh, he said, you've got an amazing surname. Now, yeah. nobody thinks their surname's amazing. I, you know, every, nobody, it's like I'm, anybody, it's like everybody. But whenever I've, I, whenever it, like, I've been introduced to anyone, they, uh, particularly through the music, a lot of people go, wow, is that your real name? Yeah. It's unusual. Is that your real name? I say, yeah. And they go, is it attack? No, it's not attack. And, you know, people sometimes they go, it's attack. No, it's not. It's attack. Uh, and they go, well, that's really, it sounds like a guitarist's name. Now, <laughs> to me, it sounds like I've lived with it all my life. And I, you know, I, I, it's, I don't see it like that, but it, it's pretty much online. As I say, John Reed was the first person to, um, to really pick up on it. And that was why, um, that was why in those days, that was hence the name of uh, my brother and I's album, ATAC, then. Because we identical twins, and yes, just it was on. It was John Reed's recommendation to call it ATAC. So I kept it, you know, I kept it rather than some, as I say, some cliche rock metal name uh, that I could have used. But uh, you know, no, it makes sense. It's it's a recognised. I mean, do you think it's all right? I mean, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. You know, as I say, every name sounds a little bit kind of weird, and I guess. Um, if you think about it, until until it takes, it's got to take on a form, hasn't it? Because it's got to, you've got to be brave with that. And then when it, when if, if whatever success comes of it, you know, or whatever name comes from it, and it becomes, it becomes more kind of familiar to people. Uh, and so I, I'm just going on that really, uh, and you know, and I, 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 as well. I mean, I know it sounds quite bizarre, but I, I married into the McCartney family, and. Um, and even Paul McCartney always thought it was a brilliant surname. Yes. Um, and it, in fact, his cousin who I married, he said he, he, her, her, state, her actress name's Kate Robbins. Yes. And, and, um, and he said, you should call yourself Kate Atak. And she went, no, <laughs> I'm keeping Robin. I'm keeping Robin. He said, like, he, said Kate, he said, he even said to Kate, Atak's a better name. And she goes, no, no, I'm keeping Robin. Which I understood, by the way. Yeah. You know. Um, and obviously, my daughter Emily uses yeah. the name for her family name to the fore. So, you know, it's it's got quite a familiar ring to it anyway now in the media. So yeah, she's just certainly brought stay with it, you know. Yeah, she's certainly brought back into the fore again. Um, yeah. The new album is called Nine Lives. It's released on twenty fourth November through Escape. Yes. Yeah. Had you yes. Khalil or did Khalil come to you or how did that arrangement happen? Uh, well, Khalil was recommended uh, through uh, through the various different channels. Uh, when when people started hearing how the how the initial recordings were, um, a lot of people, you know, I, I I would talk to Lee, then I'd talk to him, 
and and Khalil's name kept coming up, you know, um, as, as somebody who would be really kind of good for that. Um, and um, and sure enough, when I contacted contacted him, and, and when I saw the other artist that he was working with uh, on these other album projects, I thought he, he's perfect. He's, you know, he's, his labels in the in the in, right in the ballpark for what we want. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of stuff that I, I would buy. And speaking of which, your album's being released on white vinyl, which I've ordered actually, and also on black vinyl. Is that something you're expecting? Oh, release? Yeah, that's amazing. I'm really thrilled about that, you know. Uh, again, I, I think I, I wanted to create something obviously contemporary, yeah. but I wanted, I guess, I wanted something for the people from my own era who, who have a rock past, you know, who went to university gigs, who went to town hall gigs, went to see people like Rory Gallagher, went to, and, and who came up, who grew up buying vinyl albums, you know, yeah. in the 60s and 70s. And, uh, you know, I think the music has got a little bit of a tip to that era. It was very important that I, I didn't want synthesizers too much, and I wanted a Hammond organ on it. I wanted the principal keyboard I wanted. I wanted, I didn't want to like a pastiche of the Deep Purple song, but I wanted that grinding Hammond organ, like, you know, like I used, I grew up listening to bands like Mountain and, yep. uh, you know, Uriah Heap's another one. I always thought they use um, Hammond organ brilliantly. Uh, obviously, Deep Purple's a flagship one, but, you know, I wanted that, I, I just wanted people to feel that spirit of the sort of 70s again. You know when they when when they play the album without it being too kind of retro, you know. Yeah. No, I've I Kelly Hill seventh album through. I've listened through it. It's it's excellent, I have to say. So no, I love it. Oh, thank you. That's, I appreciate that. Um, well, we're really pleased with it. You know, I mean, um, I, I it became a bigger and bigger undertaking as as obviously as it as time went on, and then I realised. When people said you've got to do an album, then I went. I was very excited about the prospect, but I didn't have I didn't have eleven songs then. I had I had so many untied ends and lists and ideas, but I realised I realised even when Khalil got interested, I realised I had a lot of work to do. You know, I had yeah. a hell of a lot of writing to do, and I don't want to start using stockpile songs. You know, like thinking, oh well, let's get the first one now. Let's just throw a load of the demos that I've done over the years that I've never used. I didn't want it to be like that, you know? Yeah. I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be from, to have the same initial excitement that I, I got when I was in lockdown, discovering that I could, I could do this and I had time to do it again. I, I didn't want to re rehash any old stuff, you know? Okay. Um, you've also worked with Escape Music on a couple of other releases earlier this year. You've made guest appearances. The first one was, I think, Gabriel Deval's album, Kiss on the Dragon Night, which you yes. on, and then on Turkish Delight Volume 2, which was one yeah. of Kelly's compilation albums. You played it on a track called Hold Your Future. Yes. Was with, because uh, you, did you get involved because you are working with Khalil, obviously? Yeah. Yes, I enjoyed that, and I, I really appreciate the fact that Khalil he, I, I've just done some work on the Robert Hart's new album as well, some guitar work on that. So, I, I again, I, I really appreciate the fact that Khalil involves me in some of his other projects, you know, uh, as a guitar player, because uh, you know that's that, that's a, a great accolade for me to to be involved with people like James Debris, obviously, and Robert Hart and Gabriel Duval, and and the, you know Khalil's. 
surrounded in some amazing artists and he, you know, and some amazing musicians. So it's a bit like it's it's an honour that he asked me to do it and to be part of, you know, to be on albums where you've got people like Billy Sheehan on there and yeah. some great talent. You know, it's I, I really it's I'm really proud of that. No, it's a it's a good album. And then I'll actually play the track Hold Your Future from that album and we'll play it now. Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant song.
Hi, this is Keith A. Tuck, and you're listening to the NI Rock Show.
prior to release of Escape, but it's fair to say you haven't released much music over the past 30 years ago. You've been focusing very much on doing your live stuff and doing the TV and film. Yes. As a musician, how, how do you compare the process of writing and recording something for music and TV compared to writing and recording for, for your album, for example? Well, that's a good question. Um, writing for TV is is a is a creative thing, but it you've got to remember you're writing you're almost writing to, to order for that. It's, it can be very stressful. Uh, you're writing to order, and you know you, you're not necessarily writing. Um, you know you, you're not writing in one genre. You 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 you're having to fit. Fortunately, because I grew up as a pianist, I grew up playing the piano, and um, uh, so uh, I could compose on the piano and and use strings and cover, arrange for strings and things like that. So, but yeah, that that can be because you, you can you can write some great cues for for uh, for film or for documentary, and then the editor might change and you have to completely start again. You know, or you might have to completely rework already a certain amount of the, the piece of music you you you've just written. And, and you know, for instance, um, I I did a lot of TV commercial. I used to work in Singapore for a lot of the banks and the credit card companies in Singapore, writing there and rover cars and things like that. And they would have already in their mind, for instance, they would have a piece of music they wanted, but they didn't have the copyright cleared on it. So yeah. they would say, can you write something like that? Now, that might be a brass arrangement for something. You know what I mean? It might yeah. be something completely... Uh, and I, I, I was definitely out of my comfort zone a lot with that. My brother, my same brother, Tim Atak, he does a fantastic job with that. He's he's really kind of made... He owns that side of it yeah. as far as they are as composers. He, you know, a lot of the Netflix stuff you see, uh, like the new Wham video, a documentary. Uh, he's just done the documentary for Netflix about Lockerbie. Uh, he did the George Best, he, he, uh, the Hillsborough. Uh, he, he works on Netflix, and he constantly works in his studio. He never goes on the road. He, he's constantly like a comedian with that, and I, yeah. I admire that. And I, I would find that really stressful, and I did find it quite stressful at times just to have to keep putting different hats on, you know? Yeah. So is I'm there... glad to be able to... What I love about this is it's com it's, it's completely natural to me to to be able to write the music for the album that and, and play what really comes natural to me is, is, is my roots, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, it, it gives me a lot more enjoyment. I mean, it's a lot... It's still quite stressful, you yeah. know? Uh, making it all work and and things. Uh, there's 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 so many hurdles jump over with it. But it, uh, but at least I'm I'm more in control of of the way this is, you know. And I can also, you know, I can because it's a band. I can take it and we and and play it live, which, yeah. is, which is which means a lot to me. I I I see what we're doing very much as a live project, you know. Yeah, I was going to ask you later on, are there plans to get, uh, you've already done also a few shows, but are there plans for more shows? Or are you, are you, oh, for sure. Are you thinking sort of more of festival type things, or are you, would, you, would you like? Yeah, well, we did, we did Chetstow Castle, we did some uh, uh, Firebolt Fest yeah. in the Midlands, in the, uh, 
in uh, near Manchester. We did we did Chepstow Castle with uh, Gone and a couple of other bands. Um, there were four bands on, um, and so yeah, we, uh, that was such a thrill to be able to, to at last you know play to a rock a proper rock audience. Uh, 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 so yeah, I mean, I, I aim to be talking to promoters, and I the complete thrust of this will be um, will be to play live and. And I want to get out to as many different territories as possible, too. That'd be great. We've got to see across here, but I know Northern Ireland's always a, a difficult one. Oh, always a difficult one for tour and balance, because the, the, um, there's the extra cost of obviously coming across. But um, Well, yeah, I know, but, I, I, you know, I hope to work that out somehow. I mean, it's got very difficult, but, you know, I'm sure they'll be able... I'm sure, you know, I'm sure they'll... Um, I know Keir, I'm, I'm not getting political now, but I know Keir Starmer will even mention that he's got to make it easier. If he was in, he'd be making it easier for musicians yeah. to travel. You know, he even he, he specifically targeted that too. So yeah. I mean, so I mean, you know, it's it is obviously it's got to be. You know, it's it's one of our greatest exports, isn't it? You yeah, know, it is. with our music, and I mean, I, and I love playing in Ireland. I love. I love the people there. I've been lucky to. I love playing over there. I've been lucky enough to play in different shows. You know, the waterfront in Belfast. Yeah. With like that's like the illegal eagles and things yes. like that, which I did. Um, but you know, some of my favourite all-time guitarists. Uh, you know, uh, Rory Gallagher, Gary Moore. You know, Vinnie Campbell. I, 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 I it's just, and I, I, I love the country. You know. Uh, but, I, but I think playing rock music is all about getting to as many different places as possible. You know, yeah. like play, places like Norway, for instance. They love their rock. They love yeah. the rock. They love blues. You know, um, you know places like that. Because when I played with Bonnie Tyler, for instance, I played with Bonnie Tyler for many years, and we hardly ever played in England at all. Yeah. I mean, we did we did supports like with Status Quo and things like that, but. Every, and she's still out there doing it, doing yeah. it brilliantly. She's out there, you know, um, I was going to France, Germany, you know, uh, uh, all over all over Europe, um, and to some amazing places like even Greenland and places like that. Places you just would never go, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think part of the rock and roll world is, is that sort of getting out there and doing it, you know? Yeah, you actually bring me on nicely with another question. Um, obviously, after Child and, and ATAC and um, another project we have other called The Jewel, you mainly went out on tour then with other artists, including Bonnie Tyler. Um, you must have a lot of great memories from that time. Is there any in particular that stand out for you? Uh, just just the shows were always amazing. You know, it's just... Uh, I, 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 there's nothing particularly stands out. It's just all been just a really great. It was just been a great experience, and I, you know, um, kind of post post COVID, it was amazing. You know, things have changed a lot, a lot anyway over the last sort of ten, fifteen years. The world has got a bit more difficult to get around now yeah. with security and airport security and baggage allowances and. You know, but I, I, my mem happy memories were like the 80s and the 90s, really, yeah. where, you know, it was like a playground, really. You know, you'd go, you'd just never be home. You'd be like, 
she'd just be on tour. You know, she was she was signed to Sony then and like having successful toilet clips the heart and things like that. Uh, it was like the MTV era and it was just we just went from country to country doing shows. You know, it was, they were great days. Yeah. And uh, it would be, the world was a different place then to get around. It was um, a lot easier to navigate, you know. No, definitely. After that, did you have a, a favourite Bonnie Tyler song to play live? Yeah, I, I used to like uh, Holding Out for a Hero. Yeah. Because I used to... Oh, and there was another one called Faster Than the Speed of Night. Yes, Because yes. She used to, I used to get, like... That occasionally, I, I I could actually construct my own guitar solos in there, yeah. which was great. But most of it, I I followed to the records, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, occasionally things like some of the upbeat stuff that she did towards the end of the show, uh, they um, totally clip to the heart. Obviously, was another great one. Because you know, just to see on a summer night, you know, twenty, thirty thousand people um, in front of you is always a buzz, you know. Uh, you mentioned the legal Eagles earlier. You remember that band for um, almost twenty years, nineteen ninety-eight to twenty sixteen. And you're also fun yeah. for the Carpenter story, uh, the tribute band. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. Are you still doing shows yeah, with them? Are you? Yes, still doing shows with them. I, I I really enjoy playing with the Carpenter story. Again, you know, it's not all about kind of full-on metal. It's yeah. about as a musician, I just appreciate. Um, the quality of 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 music, you know, and the car the quality of the carpenters' music was second to none. Yeah, you know, it was uh, fantastic, and it's again there's some amazing guitar solos. So the guitarist uh, in those days was called Tony Peluso, and he uh, he constructed some brilliant solos like in Goodbye to Love and things like that, you know. So I get to play those; they're pretty iconic, you know. So uh, yeah, that was always a highlight for me on that show. Okay. We'll get back to your own album. Are there any plans for more videos to be released, either before the album comes out in November or after that? Yeah, that will, what, what we're going to do next is we're going to decide, I think, on another kind of, um, on another single release from the album, and um, we'll do a uh, we'll do a video for that. Um, uh, that that what we'll do, they'll do that prior to um, doing shows next year. But um, obviously, uh, yeah, we'll pick a song. We haven't done that yet, but we'll, we'll pick a song for that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's paramount. We'll get out and do another, some more videos, and for sure, yeah. That's great. And I know it's early days, and the first album's not even released yet. But do you think there will be a follow-up at some stage? Oh, for sure. I'm I'm already I'm already working on ideas. Yeah. Very I'm already good. doing that. I mean, I have to say, and I'm proud of the album, and it, it, it's not, I don't feel there's any kind of filler tracks on it. I, I, I really worked hard on all the songs, you know. Uh, I didn't want a weak, I, I didn't want a weak song on the yeah. album from my own point of view. I wanted to be satisfied that I'd written 11 greats to, to, my, to my standard as best I could, rather than having three or four what you know there's so many albums where you probably play three or four songs and yeah. then skip the rest i didn't really want that i wanted it to, i wanted it to be 11 really strong songs um that's why it took two years to make i think <laughs> yeah. 
uh, from uh, I I wanted to make sure it wasn't and you know I didn't want any covers on it for instance yeah. I didn't want any covers I've I've spent a lot too many times doing covers uh, and I thought well you know I that's fine but I I I wanted I just wanted to be able to look back on this first album and go there's like eleven original songs you know rather than eight because I couldn't. Yeah. I just couldn't finish another three, so I used just I used somebody else's. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, they're they're quality tracks, okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, the second thing that released from the album was a track which I think it's originally was called "It Got Nine Lives" when it first came out, but it's now Nine Lives," I think, when it's been on the album. Yeah. Play that shortly. What can you tell us about that track? Um, well, I, that was the first song that I wrote in lockdown. Um, and it came out, and I, I, re, I, re, I released it kind of on my own, and I just wanted a different title, really, or releasing it and everything like yeah. that. Um, so slightly different, uh, you know. Uh, obviously, as well, it, it came out. It was very much in a demo form before, but it's, yeah, uh, it, I, I, I just wanted it to be a, 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 a fresh start on that song, you know. Very good. We'll play that one now. And that's all the questions I have to. Uh, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us. Oh, thank you, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, mate.
Hey guys, this is Dino Jalusic. You're listening to NI Rock Show.
Thanks for taking some time to talk to us at Rock Radio and I. I wanted to focus, first of all, on the new album, Follow the Blind Man, which we just played track from. The album was released on the 29th of September. When did you actually start writing the tracks for that album? Well, the tracks were written back in... Um, some of the tracks were written in 2017. Some were written in 2018. Majority was written in 2019. Everything was recorded in, in 19, but then we ended up on court. Yeah, and as Animal Drive, and we broke up, and I had to make a new lineup, and decided to change the band name. Uh, and then Healer and Acid Rain were written on the same day in 2021. Okay, we cut. We kind of worked out all these tracks a little bit more, but like originally they were written in uh, 18, 19, pretty okay. much majority of. Okay. The band features three other musicians, one of whom, guitarist Ivan Keller, was actually an animal drive with you. What can you yeah. tell us about the band members? Well, Mario, I've known Mario for a while, but I've known him, I've known him as a pretty decent singer. Then I found out that he's also an amazing drummer, so it really made sense to get him in the band and get him on board. Luca and I used to play an Iron Maiden tribute for 10 years together. Well, Actually, five years, but now we celebrate ten years from the first gig together uh, this year. So I always say I always say ten years, but um, yeah. So yeah. he's one of the best bass players I've ever heard. So uh, it was a no brainer for me to call him and see if he's available, and he was. So yeah, we made a pact okay. again. Where was the album actually recorded, and who did you work with in terms of production, mixing, etc.? Uh, his name is uh, Simon. He's a mixing engineer from Slovenia. Uh, but uh, as far as like producer uh, kind of thing, th that was all me. Okay. And it was in, recorded in your own studio there? Or? Yeah, in yeah. this room. This Majority room. was recorded in this room. Guitars were done in my at my beach house because we did real amps, but vocals are recorded right here, this spot. Yep. Keyboards are here. Bass was recorded here. Bass was recorded here, and drums were recorded at our drummer's uh, house. And yeah, as you mentioned, this is the first album to be recorded on, under the name Julusic. What prompted you just use that name rather than choose another kind of more generic band name? Um, uh, I don't know. I just started building this brand, and I thought, you know, changing my uh, last name from what it used to be to Julusic, and thought, okay, my, my name grew in the industry. Why wouldn't I call the band like Van Halen, like yeah. Bon Jovi, Winger, yeah. Dokken, Tremonti? So I was like, you know. Yeah, let's try. Let, let's go and do it this way. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Do you see Follow the Blind Man as a different body of work, or would it be similar to what Animal Drive would have progressed to as a band? Um, the first version of this album that we recorded as Animal Drive was already a progressed version of Animal Drive, production-wise and just stylistically. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this is the beginning for the band and. I think it's going to progress a lot more on the second one. I have so many different ideas and I just need to like put it all together and see which direction it's going to go for the next one. The band have already done a few live shows. What plans do you have to get the band out? Are you planning a tour of Europe? Or are you going to focus on festivals and that kind of thing? We have actually done 35 shows so yeah. far in this lineup. So, yeah, uh, we we have... Approximately then that amount of shows uh, to do in 2024. We already okay. booked a tour in, uh, well, I'm still not allowed to say, so yeah. I got to be quiet. We yeah. have a big tour 
on a, on a different continent okay. next year. And uh, yeah, a European tour next year, definitely. That'd be great. Uh, the album was released through Escape Music. You must have had quite a bit of interest, I'm sure, in, in releasing this album. How did you end up with Khalil and Escape Music? Well, I did a song for Khalil and Turkish Delight. Yep. And then we were looking forward to see how we're, how we're going to do it. And he offered us a nice deal. And uh, we it, it, it seemed fair because I own all the masters. I, I, I own all the publishing. And, uh, you know, we, we, we found a, a, a nice deal. And I, I didn't want to get into something that I was before with the X label. So yeah. this seemed fair. Yeah, that's good. Um, I had pre-ordered what was called the, the Blade Bullet colored vinyl version of the album. How much input did you have to the final format and to the album cover as well? Well, this album cover was done already for Animal Drive version of the album. So I loved it since day one. I thought, perfect. Song is, song is about a broken person and it, it should be a broken head of a blind man so i'm i'm really happy okay yeah i love it what about the vinyl did you give any input to the vinyl or is that down to escape well he'll send me what he thinks is cool and i agree with him and so we went with that so yeah, no, yeah. that's very good um we'll play another track from the album now do you want to pick a track and maybe tell us something about it let's go we died that's uh, probably my favorite song out of all the heavy songs on the album um my favorite lyric on the album and i just that chorus is my favorite chorus on the album and that riff is my favorite riff on the album so okay yeah we'll play that one
you did an interview for our website via email actually back in 2018, just after the Animal Drive bite was released. We talked about a lot of your early career at that stage. Um, one thing I've noticed since then is that you've got a master's degree from the Academy of Music in Zagreb. Um, that was obviously a personal goal. What motivated you to do that? And how long did that take? It took way too long. Um, <laughs> because I, it, while I was um, on, on, on college, I was also touring at the same time. So yeah. it took me longer than it should. Uh, but it was it was great, you know. Knowledge is something that can just grow and cannot be taken away from you. So, I'm sure in certain um, in certain extent it it, it helped. Um, you know, just knowing stuff theoretically helps a lot. Yeah, it's great achievement to have. Um, I've only seen you perform live once, and that was with White Snake in Dublin in May of last year. Uh, I think it was your first show with the band. When we did the interview back in 2018, you'd said that White Snake was the band you'd love to perform in. So that's obviously happened now. How did that become a reality? And what's it like getting to perform with David and with the other guys in the band and girls in the band? I did a video with Mike Porton and Joel Holkstra back in um, 2024, the lockdown sessions. Uh, we did Jane together. And yeah. um, so Joel had no clue I can play keyboards. So when he saw that I could play keyboards, David was looking for a final member for a final tour. And Joel said, I have a guy for you, and this guy can also sing. So he played him Stormbringer, the version I did with Joel. David loved it, and he said, but what am I going to do with the singer? And he said, but he can also play keys. And Dave was like, wow, so I can have a keyboard player that can sing, you know, and help me out for the last tour. Yeah. So he, he loved that. He loved, uh, uh, he loved Paradigm Shift video and Father, and he loved my sense for melodies, and he just called me on the phone and asked me to be a part of his Reptile fun, and I yeah. said, "Of course, I'm going to be a part of your reptile fun, David." Yeah, you're not going to turn that one down. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, not long after that White Snake tour, which unfortunately was cut short, you um took over as frontman for the Dead Daisies for some shows in Europe. I think maybe the USA as well. Um, stepping up for Glenn Hughes can't be easy. How much time were you given to prepare for that those shows? <laughs> one day. One day. <laughs> Yeah, pretty surreal, man. It was. Uh, I got a call. I was on vacation. They said, "Listen, Glenn is sick. Can you learn eight songs for the first show, sixteen songs for the second show? Uh, no, twelve songs for the first show, sixteen for the second. And I just, it was wild. Yeah, it was. That was the most rock and roll thing I've ever done. Just playing a amphitheater, opening for Judas Priest, singing the songs I've I've heard the first time a day before." Pretty surreal. But I, I loved playing with Doug and, and Brian and David and Yogi. So, yeah. I noticed you're actually supporting them on, in Croatia, I think, later this year sometime. Yeah, we're playing a show together in uh, Slovenia. Yeah. yeah. Since our last interview, you've, you've released music with quite a lot of people. Stone Leaders, Restless Spirits, Magnus Carson's Free Fall, and appeared on uh, Jeff Scott's solo uh, duet collection album as well. You also did the Dirty Shirley album with George Lynch. How do, you, how do you decide what to get involved in and what to leave? Well, you just named the oldest collaborations I did. If if I, I think if if I was offered that now, I probably wouldn't do any of those, okay. to be honest with you. Um, Dirty Shirley I would, because I wrote the album. Jeff Scott is a friend, yeah. so I did a duets with him. Stone Leaders was cool, but... My role was kind of weird in that band. Rest of Spirits was just a guest appearance. Uh, yeah. 
you forgot the most important album, which is Michael Romeo, War of the Worlds. I was about to talk. Oh, that's my next question. That's, next question. that's that's an important album, if you ask me. That's I think that was a gate opener for the new era of of what I'm going to do musically. So yeah, yeah, I really I'm really proud of that that one. Followed by this one, and uh, in March there's going to be an album from a new band that I'm in. Which is a prog supergroup. Yep. It's, 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 it's going to be announced, I think, in a month. Very good. So, yeah. But uh, but Dirty Shirley was a great record. I, I, I really love that album because I wrote most of the stuff with uh, George. And uh, yeah, I love that. But although everything else that you um, mentioned was pretty much me doing guest appearance for one or two yeah. songs, you know, yeah. it's the spirits and Jeff Scott Soto. So, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned obviously there Michael Romeo's War of the Worlds Part Two, where you're singing all the non-instrumental tracks. I thought I'd play a track from that album next, um, perhaps Divide and Conquer or Metamorphosis. But you yeah. choose and tell us which one you like here. Well, I mean, you can play Divide and Conquer. That's that's the hit song of the album. But I love every song from the album. I love uh, which one? Let me think. You know what? Play Destroyer. Destroyer. We'll play that one. Yeah, yeah that's that a one. cool one. Any reason for that one? It's just dark and orient, and it's probably the first time I've heard Michael Romeo using seven string. Okay. So, yeah. I'll play that.
Am I right in thinking you're not part of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra Tour this year? You've, you've involved with them obviously for some time, but is that something you've left? Or are you going to return to it some stage? Or Yeah, I'm not doing TSO this year because I'm the judge on The Voice yes. in Croatia. So I can do both. It, it, the Voice takes really all of my time right now. It takes a lot of dedication. Um, next year, I would love to be back in TSO. We'll see what happens. Uh, my schedule next year is pretty tight, so... Yeah. Um, there's going to be some legendary gigs with some legends and there's going to be a lot of tours with Jalusic. There's going to be a tour with this new band. Yep. Um, so uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm truly, um, I'm truly happy that there's so many possibilities for, for next year. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, you're recently part of the Andy Taylor Cancer Awareness Trust show in England two, two weeks ago or something. How did you get involved in that and what were the highlights for you personally? I got a call from Phil X from Bon Jovi. He said, hey, guess who I'm playing with? And I said, who? He's like, uh, Robert Plant. I'm so and I said, cool. He's like, I got a call from this cool manager, Rob Hallett, who used to manage Prince and Michael Jackson. So then he called me and he said, hey, what are you doing on October 21st? And I said, get out of here. He's like, we need a guy. We need a keyboard player for Robert Plant kind of stuff. You, you need to play Hammond and piano on uh, Stairway to Heaven. And I'm like, of course I'm going to do it. In the end, when we rehearsed the song, Robert Plant said, you know, I didn't sing this song in, in a while and I was kind of afraid to sing Led Zeppelin. Can somebody sing with me? So Andy said, hey, Dino is a rock singer. So I started singing with Robert Plant and he was like, I'm not sure I'm going to let you sing this one with me. <laughs> uh, I have a tape of the rehearsal. I'm not sure if I can post it, but I, I have a, re a rehearsal tape where I sing Stairway to Heaven with Robert Plant. It's pretty, it's, 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 it's like a, to me, that's a personal success, not yeah. something, you know, you're going to build your career on. But it was amazing. I love Robert. I mean, I had a chance to work with Robert Plant, David Coverdale, and Paul Rogers. So yeah. being 30-year-old in this day and age, to be able to work with those legends, you know, it's just one of the things that I'm really proud of. No, it's and the, the cause of the concert was amazing because there's this – Andy Taylor has been suffering from uh, um, prostate cancer, stage 4. And they found a cure to cure it. So he's in remission now. And I'm truly happy for him. He's a great guy. And I think that there's going to be more shows in the future. That'd be great. Um, Banjo music is obviously your main focus at the moment. You've mentioned, uh, you've been, you mentioned on Facebook recently about uh, a new prog band, which you can't tell us much about. Um, other than those two bands, are we likely to see performing any other albums or working with any other projects? Or is it very much those two things and what you've talked about? Pretty much those two things. Um, I'll be doing Jalusic. If I decide, decide to do something more softer, I'm going to just re release it as a solo artist, as Dino Jalusic. Yeah. But that and this band with uh, some famous members okay. from rock, rock industry, those two will be my main thing, definitely. It, just original stuff. I, I don't want to, I got a call for a couple of big, big bands. I don't want to join a big band, to be honest with you. I want to start. I want to create my own band and make yeah. it big. Yeah, that's good. You mentioned the voice there. How long does that keep going for? And then, would you, is it something you'd like to do more of? Um, it started in September, and it's gonna end late January. So yeah. there's a lot of work, a lot of work with with people. Is that something you'd like to do more of over time, or? Well, it's a different role. I like helping out people. I like see. I like to see singers grow with with me as a leader. So. Yeah. It's a different it's a different perspective of art to me. But I'm I'm if I can help someone and if I inspired someone to pick me and said, Hey, 
lead me, show me what, what I should do. And those singers, man, they sound amazing. I, I'm truly proud, you know, to, to, to like inspire somebody. So um, I feel like I'm, you know, responsible for the beginning of their future. Let's yeah. put it that way. Okay. Um, you'd inferred or on you've started to write some more tracks, possibly for another Jalusic album. Um, any idea of what the time scales might be on that? Well, there's a couple of songs I did write for this one, but we didn't want to put too many songs. Uh, I have a couple of tracks. Well, it's gonna be. You know what? I'm not. I'm not gonna say anything because I might change my mind tomorrow because yeah. I'm a Gemini <laughs> and this just goes. It goes that way with me. So. What I can tell you is the next one is going to come out late 2024. Okay. I'm not losing any more time and I want to put out more music. We sold out our hometown show. We could have sold out two that place two times. And I want to, I want to go into a bigger venue and, and see if I can sell that out with the, with the next album. Um, And um, as far as topics, it's going to be also like, Life, love, depression, pretty, yeah. but it, it's all real life stories, you know. Yeah. I, I write only about stuff that I experienced. Yeah. Nothing, everything is very relatable. So, no, so that's a great album. Um, I, I bought, actually bought the vinyl version too, but it's, it's a great album. Vinyl version has actually shorter version of versions of songs because, um, yeah, the album was too long to be on the vinyl as yeah. it is because the sound would change. So, we, yeah. we cut short, um, Animal Inside Ends. After the solo, Fall the Blind Man ends after the solo. Healer doesn't have an intro and, you know, yeah. so on. Very good. That's actually all the questions I have. But we'll finish by playing another track from Fall of the Blind Man. Do you want to pick a track and again tell us all about it? I don't know. To be honest with you, I'm really proud of every song on that album. Whatever you choose, I'm going to be happy with it. I mean, maybe Rain of Vultures. That was the first it's a song that opens the album and it just kicks ass and there's so many changes in the song. It's kind of crazy, but I love that song. Okay. It has a great, catchy kind of gospel-y chorus wrapped up in, in, in a metal arrangement. So let's go with Rain of Vultures. Okay, we'll play that one. Again, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Absolutely. Thank you. 
Change and somehow. 